0: Hi, Phil. Hi, Dixie. What are we talking about this time? This episode, we are finally talking about sex and D and D. Oh no! The dragons—they have escaped.
1: Hi, I'm Joe, and I'm James,
0: and this is the Decahedron RPG podcast. That was clearly an homage to the old What's New Phil and Dixie comic strip that used to run in The Dragging magazine. Yes, The Dragging. It had two words back then. That's when James and I started reading it. And there was a lot of controversy when they changed the name to just Dragging. I remember that. I was fully on the camp of The Dragging and they ignored me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, uh yeah, Phil Foglio did that comic strip, and that was just a running gag. And the whole thing was, we're finally going to talk about sex in D anD D, something would always happen. But anyway, hi
1: James. Hi Joe.
0: How was your week? Actually, it's been like two weeks since we recorded. I was working my other job last week, so I recorded the Jolo episode. Although I'm delaying that episode by a week to put this one epi- out first because this one I thought would be kind of funny to put out for Valentine's Day. But we'll get there in a second. But anyway, how was your two weeks?
1: The same as usual, just took the dog out for a walk, hit a couple of odd and end stores. Nothing really exciting.
0: For me, we went to see see the Avatar movie. Like I said, I had the other job. I want to say we did another movie. Uh, Last night, we went to a comedy club. Tonight, we are going out to dinner to do the uh, Valentine's Day dinner type thing. You know, offsetting it by a few days. So we are avoiding the crowds on Valentine's Day itself. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for the week.
1: You, you can't do that. You have to do it on the holiday, man.
0: No, I have a very rational wife and uh, she is actually it was even her idea. She was like, why don't we do it the weekend before or the weekend after? I'm like, okay. Yeah, she's, she's pretty great. I have no complaints. So we're doing that. And uh, before we also get started, I wanted to address one thing. So last time we recorded, we talked about my favorite module. I said that it was you won the Signature Secret of Salt Marsh, and I also said, you know, it might be, if we expand your definition of module a little bit, it might be uh, 76 patrons by uh, Games Designer Workshop for Traveler, which you said, no, that doesn't count as a module because you're big, meanie pants. Mm-hmm. But while when I was looking through our episode list, I saw one of the episodes we had planned, one of the reviews. I'm like, duh, how could I forget that? This is actually my favorite D&D module, and it might be my favorite of all, especially if you're not going to count 76 patrons, except once again, you might be a big mini pants and say that this isn't a module either, and it was a product by Judges Guild, and it was called the Frontier Forts of Kelnor. The product is pretty much a map of a castle. It says, well, it has a whole series of tables that you go through. And the, the the conceit of the module is that, you know, there was once this great empire, the Empire of Kelnor, I think. And the emperor had a standard design for castles and they were built, well, for forts. And they were built all along the frontier of the, the kingdom. Hence, Frontier Forts of Kelnor. Duh, it's right there in the title. And I think the concept was very much based on Hadrian's Wall up in england Mm -hmm. hadrian was roman emperor you know he built this wall it separated uh the roman territory of britain from the unconquered northern territories but every mile along the wall there is what they call a mile fort very imaginative name uh and they're pretty much all the same and anyway so that's the conceit uh but the the map of the castle and the the fort in the product does not match the map of a, a mile castle and it shouldn't. But anyway, throughout the product, there are tables to say, you know, in the thousand years or whatever, since the castle was built, this has happened. You know, some owner knocked down the wall between these two rooms and combined it into one, uh, maybe the floor on this room collapsed into that room, you know, the room below it type stuff. And then there's other tables to say, you know, it's it's populated by like one major creature and, you know, some subordinate creatures, or it's abandoned and it's only going to have like vermin type creatures in it, or, you know, it's occupied, you know, by some like human or, you know, the d- demi-human type race who are using that as a, a form. And so it has all these tables to let you populate it like that and let you use it as an adventure. And I absolutely adore that because... It's different every time, and it's a very reusable product, even more so than 76 patrons. I think that is my favorite module, if you will let me call that a module.
1: Sounds like one to me. We are getting far off
0: topic. Let us get into the topic of this week. And as our humorous little introduction said, this week we are talking about sex and d and And even though we're not really going to talk about sex, because that would be a little creepy, I am going to slap the explicit tag on this episode. So more sensitive listeners, beware. But like I said, we are not going to talk about anything in detail. Do you (laughs) want me to start,
1: James, or do you? (laughs) No, I'm going to start this time. You've been speaking for quite a bit. Um, I'm not sure exactly where Joe's going to go, but I have a couple of different ideas. My biggest thing about sex at the game table, we're not going to discuss the sexual acts. It can be fun in the plot. Like, one of the things that I read recently is that one of the players in a campaign was a fallen paladin due to his lust for a certain lady. And the whole campaign was to get him... Back to his palatinhood. I'm forgetting the proper name of it. Was it? A, it's not a quest. What is it? It's uh, atonement. A kiss. atonement. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Something, something like that. The only time I'm finding it okay with, at least in my thing, is I am listening to real play podcasts. So some of the podcasts I'm listening to throw some sexual tension into it because it, they are portraying as a storyline. It is not just a game. It is a campaign. Does that work for you?
0: I think I'm going to mirror a lot of your thoughts there. I do not roleplay out sex scenes at my table. These situations have come up. You know, I mean, it is a staple of swords and sorcery type fiction where your hero finds out information through a sexual liaison, if we will. The infamous you know, I'm going to seduce the Queen's Handmaiden to find out any rumors from the court. Whatever. I'm not even a big fan of that, but it is a a staple of, of the fi- of the fiction, so I would allow it, but I'm not going to roleplay that out. I, I have no desire to flirt with any of my players, and I definitely don't want to, like, write slash fiction at the table. It's going to be a die roll, and then the scene is going to go dark, and then move on to the other players, and then, you know, the next day, whatever. Not going to go into detail, not going to discuss it. Even then, I'm not entirely comfortable with it.
1: Okay. Like you said, this is definitely feeling like it's going to be a short one. So what are your other thoughts?
0: There are certain games
1: that have
0: the sexual element built in, and they're mostly powered by the Apocalypse games. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that rules engine. I know that we have played Dungeon World. And that is a Powered by the Apocalypse type game, but that has no sexual element into it. Another one I have is called Mashed, which is role-playing in a Korean War Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. Um, it was on Kickstarter a few years ago, and I saw it. And I absolutely positively had to get that game because that, uh, <laughs> well, one, I enjoyed the television show when I was growing up. You know, Alan Olda and uh, Barry Gorgoff. Gor- 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 yeah, all of them. I enjoyed the show and my entire military career uh, when I was in the Air Force, that was my job. I worked at a hospital uh, and in the hospital, I was always part of the ATH or ATC. That's Air Transportable Hospital, Air Transportable Clinic. That was the sort of 90s equivalent of a MASH. The concept was everything could be loaded up into an airplane, dropped off somewhere. You unpack it and you set up your hospital. That was my job. And my father fought in Korea. So when I saw this this book that was about army hospitals in Korea, I was like, Yeah, I I've, I've gotta get it. But again, in the playbook, there are things that say if your character has sex with another character, you get this benefit. I don't like that. I find especially between no. And um, but you know, everybody has their own line, and if that's what you wanna do, knock yourself out, but for me, it's a hard pass and, and that makes that game pretty much unplayable for me. So that's my thoughts on Powered by the Apocalypse and Mashed, James. What do you think?
1: It definitely sounds like it could be an interesting game, but it's more of a I'm gonna throw it this way. It's more of a party game where you're having couples that are actually gonna take it as a joke module more than a serious module. I am, I'm not
0: all right, I'm I'm see what you're saying. That's the only way that you would find it comfortable.
1: Yeah, something like a Valentine's Day meetup. up It's sake of argument, because it's romantic, just like this theme for Halloween.
0: Yeah, I'm not <laughs> doing a lot of stepping around things in this ish- uh, episode. Uh, the other thing I'm going to say is that way back in the '90s, when the internet was new and shiny, and mainly on college universities, uh, college universities, on uh, university campuses. Um, there were a series of netbooks and there's like the netbook of poison and all that stuff. One of them, you know, they were written by mostly college students uh sitting in their dorm room writing up the supplements for mostly AD&D. And there is, of course, the Netbook of Sex. Um, it's called the AD&D Book of Sex. I will throw a link in it, uh in the show notes for anyone that's interested. It, the The whole thing strikes me as amazingly juvenile, and again, you know being written by by college students. I remember coming across it in the nineties. I remember like there's there's no value in that as a joke as a joke book, maybe, but again, it's not for me.
1: <laughs> oh, I did do a little looking at the five e edition. They had a couple of things that they have in there that you and I'm saying the listeners' not me or you may want to review. It's just not part of the game. Is what I'm going to say.
0: This is a topic on which we agree that um, we don't want we 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 I, the the whole thing. So we, we we opened the show by the way with an homage to um, what's new with Phil and Dixie, which that that was just a running gag throughout the whole whole thing, and that was funny. But I I don't know. I mean I'm I'm I don't think I'm a prude. Uh, I've got three kids. Draw your own conclusion how that happened.
1: It's not necessarily being prude, but it's um, keeping the content of um, what's proper in society.
0: Well, yeah,
1: that that's a good way to put it. I
0: was going to say everything has a time and place. And yeah. at least my gaming table is not the time and place for that thing. And that's my opinion. And, of course, like I said, you know, you listeners out there, you have a different opinion. Feel free. In fact, if you have a different opinion... Please call in or write in and let us know what you think. I think that's all I have to say about this, James. How about you?
1: I don't think I could add much to it. All I right. I think we're well, done.
0: Yeah, I, I think we are done. So uh, our closing question this time was sent to us. You had a brilliant idea and you uh, called out two listeners to send in questions. And Jason responded and he sent us a question. And his question was, what was the last game that you played? So what was the last game you played, James?
1: Shadow Run. Did you? Where was that? Ah, uh, uh, total confusion. Which is starting uh, two weeks from now. It starts February twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth in Massachusetts.
0: For me, I'm going to say it depends on what you call play. So the last gaming related thing I did was I tried to make a Traveler character. I say try because I'm still not done. <laughs> Uh, I've gone through about six now, and they have all died during creation. The dice are just being vicious little beasts. All but one of them have died in the very first term of service. If we call that playing, then that's the last game I played. If we don't call that playing, then uh, I've run some little combats and stuff for uh, my Lucky 7 system as playtesting. But I understand where we might not want to call that playing because it wasn't a whole scenario or anything. It was just a throw two people on the battle mat and see what happens type thing. So if we're not going to call that playing. Then we're going to go back and it's going to be the white box, fantastic medieval adventure game, uh, which is the last thing I actually ran with like some players running through an adventure. Ah, So that's a very long answer for such a short question. But thanks, Jason, for sending that in.
1: I should have guessed Jason would have sent uh, sent a question. he does a lot of reviews.
0: Oh, yeah. We love Jason and we love to hear from everyone. So please, I'm I'm begging you, send us feedback. I thrive on feedback. That's why I do this show. Inside, I am a very uh, insecure, introverted geek, and I need that positive reinforcement to know that people love me. Please send feedback.
1: (laughs) All right, (laughs) James,
0: uh, thanks for joining me this week
1: thanks joe for coming and let's and having our discussion and thank you audience for listening hopefully you'll come back again
0: yeah thanks everyone for listening i really really appreciate it and special special thanks to listeners heather and keith who did the voices of dixie and phil at the beginning of the episode i really appreciate it thanks to them thanks to you and again please please send that feedback bye joe bye james bye everyone else You have been listening to the Decahedron Podcast. Send email to feedback at decahedron.com. Remember to spell decahedron with a K. Voice feedback can be sent through the Anchor website or by calling 562 RPG Cast. That's 562 774 2278. Links are in the show notes. Music is courtesy of Kaboom Cloud logo by Design Cat.